Welcome to another episode of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast as we continue our NFL draft betting series with Elliot Christ today. If this is the first show in the series that you're listening to, make sure you go back and check out some of the previous episodes. Had uh, a chat with Benjamin Robinson of Grinding the Mocks to kind of dissect where his expected draft position metric uh, shows where certain players are going and try to find some discrepancies there. Uh, talked with Anthony Amico, Tyler Beaker, Ryan Noonan, and the list will continue throughout the next week. Today we have, as I said, Elliot Christ. What is up, Elliot? Can't wait to uh, break down all of the props that you have been sharing with the folks uh, on Twitter. How's everything going? Things are things are going well, all things considering. You know, I'm I'm really excited that we get the NFL draft next week. Some some semblance of normalcy, right? As a guy whose entire life revolves around sports, not having any, it's been difficult. But, you know, excited that we get the NFL draft next week. Yeah, you couldn't get into uh, the pixelated Madden uh, bets and, and the LOL? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not knocking anyone who likes esports. You know, I, I just – it's not an appeal for me. And certainly simulated Madden DFS is not going to be the, the way I'm spending my money. Yeah, I was um, I was trying to figure out – uh, betting the on um, DraftKings, you know they were they're putting up those pre rolls with a decent amount of money up top. Like some of them had three five hundred dollars up top. So I was trying to figure out uh, if there was any way to kind of solve the Madden puzzle. But I mean the first the first game the Ravens played, Lamar had like two rushes for four yards. So and then I just immediately stopped playing. Um, yeah, so it's um, pure guessing game. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, the first thing I want to is for the listeners to know where they can find your content, whether it's on Twitter or what websites, podcasts uh, that you are currently uh, investing in. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Christ, E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. I've been contributing a four for four for this NFL draft season. I've got about 39 different bets written up over there on four for four.com. Awesome. Um, so the first thing I usually ask is, uh, to all of the listeners, or excuse me, to all of the guests that I've had so far, is the, the virtual impact on the draft, uh, the fact that everyone is going to basically be doing this through uh, Zoom the way we are doing this podcast right now. Do you feel like there is going to be more trades? Um, because, you know, without an off season, maybe some projects uh, they won't be able to necessarily work with through the preseason? Or do you feel like there'll be less trades because, you know, things won't be able to get done uh, through meetings and, you know, uh, things of that nature? More or less trades, what would you say? I don't think – in theory, it really shouldn't impact it, assuming everyone knows how to do a, a Zoom call, right? I mean, I think the thing that it impacts most is – slightly riskier prospects, right? Not whether it's on, on the field or off the field. You know, you can meet with someone over a, a FaceTime call, but getting to sit down face-to-face -face with someone, you know, that's going to give a GM a lot of confidence in a person if they've, they've had a troubled past. Obviously, injuries and not being able to have your own doctors look at someone, you know, that's going to impact, especially when we talk about a guy like Tua. That, that could have an mm -hmm. impact. We're seeing a lot of rumors about that this week. 
I think the biggest thing that I read that made a lot of sense to me with that, with losing some of the pre-draft process is that the consensus might not be there as much because these scouts aren't interacting as much, right? So when Ohio state has their pro day, all these guys go together, they're talking, they're watching the guy, they're grabbing beers and dinner afterwards. They're all discussing what they just saw. And it kind of builds up some group thing when everyone's doing their own unique process and not speaking with each other nearly as much it can kind of create more uncertainty yeah I think that's a great point and I think maybe we'll see uh you know some players go a lot higher than expected maybe go a lot lower than expected so we've kind of already uh, on previous podcasts talked about the inefficiency of of prop betting and you know basically because most books limit the amount of money you could put down on any one prop they don't really rush to adjust lines um, when news comes out. Uh, they're not paying attention as much as they would, at least on a normal NFL game spread or total. Um, so that being said, what type of props are you interested in? All of them, uh, when I break them down, I, we, we do some long shots, um, laying big money for big favorites, um, even money bets, parlays, uh, pre-selected parlays. A lot of these websites, a lot of these bookmakers have, um, you know, pre-selected parlays that you can bet uh, you can create your own um, so what type of bets are you normally interested in I mean the answer is yes right like I'm trying yeah. to find ways to to whether it's to find arbitrage right to find middling opportunities to find bad lines to check different sports books to see you know is Tristan worse plus you know, 400 at this book, but plus 600 at another book and don't want to give away money-making opportunities. I think that it is a, the least efficient market. There's also a lot of unknown, right? So you can't necessarily, just because you got a number that's way better doesn't necessarily mean, like I got CJ Henderson at plus 700 to go top 10 and now he's plus 125. I can't count that as a victory, right? But there are certain times right. where you get, a, if you got a spread at minus three and now they're minus 17, you're going to be like, well, I'm probably going to win that one. Right. Um, I think the thing that makes this year different than all other years is twofold. One is there's more draft prop bets, bets this year than ever before. And it's not even remotely close. Typically, they really limit action. But because there's more prop bets and there's not other things for people to bet on, I feel like they're, they're doing a better job reacting to news and updates. And they're moving lines more frequently than they did in the past. That being said, you know, you always want, when you want to bet on a certain angle, you always want to check all opportunities. So to give you an example, uh, Chase Young moved from, I think at one point he was like minus 300 to be the Redskins pick to minus 1200, right? Chase Young plays defense. He moved from 300, he moved up to minus 1200, but the Redskins stayed at minus 400 on DraftKings to draft a defensive player with their first pick. So they, they updated the one that everyone's checking, but they forgot to update another one for a solid, like, you know, hour, two hours. And that's, that's a massive difference. Like, yeah, that's a minus 800 difference. And I, God forbid, they, they don't take Chase Young. They're probably taking an offensive player and I get more, more winning opportunity. You know what I mean? So yep. um, checking the different options for these sports books, you know, I saw one person mention, that Jedrick Wills of Alabama, the offensive tackle, who's now rumored to go to the Giants at fourth overall, you know, he his odds dropped like a brick. But what uh, what his odds didn't drop on certain sports book was, will he be the second offensive player taken? He remained at 20 to one. So 
there's opportunities where you want to look for not just what you want to bet, but how you want to bet it. Absolutely. Um, on the podcast yesterday, Ryan Noonan mentioned that DraftKings, it was either DraftKings or FanDuel, it was one of the DFS sites, sportsbooks, had the over-under of cornerbacks taken set at 4.5, but they had a minus number on the over-under of seven different quarterbacks as a first-round selection, So, or cornerbacks, excuse me. Yep, that's DraftKings. I actually just wrote that up for 4 for 4 today. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeff Gladney's the number seven one. He's minus 121. So the one thing is DK Sportsbooks, hey, listen, if you're listening to this, do not bet on whether or not a guy goes in the first round on DK. They can inflate all the odds, which they've done, because they don't offer the no. They just offer the yes. Right. Okay, so let's get into your your picks. Um, and it, 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 could, it could be – prop bets that you've made that maybe the line has shifted on um, and that you still feel is a decent enough price because I know you've been betting these props for a few weeks even months now and to get 40 props down you have been betting for a good amount of time so sometimes the numbers change and it's okay if you want to give us some that the numbers have changed that you still feel okay with Um, so what would be your your first pick as a prop to give uh, to the listeners Hmm. So, I mean, if I could pick anyone that, that, uh, that's changed now, it would be CJ Henderson under 16 and a half. If there's one that I feel really good about right now, uh, that is still similar. You can find it on points bet. For example, Jordan love over 17 and a half, the average fourth quarterback off the board in the last five drafts is 48.6 ADP only once in the last five years has have four quarterbacks gone in the first round. Now that's obviously Josh Rosen who went 10th overall that year. And that's inflating the number, but typically quarterbacks go top 10 or they start to fall. And, you know, Jordan love, if you look at his most likely drafted teams on all these different sports book picks 20 or later. So I, I just think that love over 17 and a half is really good value right now. And I think, you know, even if you want to go on points bet and do points betting, where you, you get, you know, you risk every slot he goes under or over. It makes sense to see if he potentially falls because right now the favorite for him is the Colts and they don't pick till 34th overall. Right. Yeah, uh, currently at most books, I've been shopping around for a Jordan Love line and it is it's 19.5 and I did take the over in a couple spots. That's one that we've mentioned on previous podcasts. I really like, uh, I mean, if you, as you said, if you look, uh, after those first couple in the in the top ten, there's really not a team that is is really hell bent on on taking quarterback. And he seems like he has a lot of potential, but he's more of a project. And I think I agree with you there that 19.5, you got it at 17.5, is going to be a, a pretty solid number on on Jordan Love's over under there. So I'm looking at your pick sheet here, and um, the one that I want to to talk to you about a little bit is that. Jacob Eason pick uh, over 47.5. Now we just talked about uh, Jordan Love and how quarterbacks kind of, uh, they fall after, and I talked about this with Benjamin Robinson too, they're a little bit overvalued uh, in, in the public's mind. And oftentimes that drives the sports book number. What do you see with that Jacob Eason over 47.5 pick? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about Jordan Love as the QB4, the average ADP is 48.6. And the QB5 is probably going to be after that, right? 
So yeah. I think I I think there's a legit chance that let's say Herbert or Tua doesn't go six, then one of them falls, which is going to call cause Love to fall, which is going to call cause Eason to fall. I think yep. Eason's probably more closer to a late second, early third round pick, and. I just like I I think he's a good over. I think Jake Fromm's a good over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurts is all over the place. He's not going in round one. One of the things I tweeted out was every year around this time we start talking about all these quarterbacks that are about to go in round one. Could they sneak in? From Bryce Petty to Kyle Lalletta, like and then these guys go in the fourth round. Uh, typically, quarterbacks go teams pay up for them or teams aren't that interested. So I'm willing to take those odds that quarterbacks tend to fall. Yeah, I think the general trend is going to be for me to to scoop up all of these uh, overs on quarterbacks, especially Eason and Fromm is another one that we've mentioned. Uh, I, I, I reference grinding the mocks a lot. Um, it's Benjamin Robinson's aggregated mock drafts, and the experts uh, in the month of April have him going like in the 90s, and his current over-under, you can find anywhere between like 57 and 62, so that's uh, a really nice bet there as well. Uh, let's talk about the offensive tackles because you have, as I'm looking at your sheet here, um, a good amount of money invested in in some of the offensive tackles. Uh, Josh Jones, under 28.5. I'm not sure if that's one that you wrote up for four for four or not. Um, is that one that you've gotten uh, a few weeks ago? Because I, I know that that number has come down a little bit, maybe to 26 or 27. But if you could just speak to the, the tackle position and where you see some of uh, the tackles headed in uh, Thursday's draft. Yeah, I mean, tackle is one of the positions that the league is constantly talking about. There's not enough talent, right? If we look at last year's tackle class, which doesn't sniff this one, right? I think there were no tackles taken top 10 last year. The first one was Jonah Williams at 11th overall. 38 tackles went top – oh, sorry, not 38 tackles. Seven tackles went top 38. Right. So that position just shoots up the board because there's a desperate need for them. Josh Jones, if you look at PFF, you know, he's gone in the top 10 for their 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 picks. Um, you know, tackles go up the board. We have four tackles with an over-under of 10.5 or lower. You know, we're looking at tackle coming into play at 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, like they're going to start being forced up the board. And one guy I talked to is a draft insider said, there's no way Josh Jones is hanging out on the board at pick 29. He's, he's going to be a first round pick. And, you know, you look at DraftKings right now, they list Josh Jones at minus 500 to go in the first round. Right. So I think there's real value in that under 28 and a half number. I actually think there's real value in the over six and a half offensive linemen drafted. When you look at Austin Jackson, who's 25 and a half right now, um, you look at Isaiah Wilson, who teams are all over the place on, but he's minus 400 to go first round on DraftKings. Now those lines are inflated, like I talk about, but still safe. Uh, you know, he has an opportunity to go that high. Cesar Ruiz of Michigan is the top interior tackle. Uh, Ezra is a guy that people are talking up a lot. And, you know, you look, you look at four locks, two likelies, and three other possibles, and over six and a half offensive tackles, I also think is a pretty good bet to go in the first round. Yeah, Austin Jackson in there too as well. So, I mean, tackle's going to be very interesting. I personally have um, Werfs and Wills under uh, 8.5 for Werfs and under 10.5 for Wills. Uh, hopefully those those bets That's hit. That's a I've lead seen, line you got on Wills. Yeah, Wills is, I mean, that was like a month ago. So 
that was a little bit before the hype train came in. And I've seen uh, between him, Becton, and Andrew Thomas, uh, no matter where you read, a, one, a different one of those four tackles is mentioned as the first one off the board. But as you alluded to earlier, it, it seems like, um, you know, some of the, the leak out of Giants camp is that, Jedrick Wills will be the their pick, and I feel like, you know, Gettleman has not really deceived people in the past. Two years ago, he mentioned Saquon as um, his, his preferred choice in the top five there, and same thing with Daniel Jones last year. So, really, he, he hasn't really tried to throw anybody off the beaten path. We've kind of known exactly what he was going to do going into draft day, so I believe that Jedrick Wills will be their pick there. Um, anything else um, within your list there that, that jumps off the page that you think, um, you know, the listeners can can run to the window now and, and get some money down, and it's a pretty good value? Uh, Cole Komet, over 44 and a half. Uh, tight end is a really weak class this year. They're going to fall down. You, lo- you look at he a tight end to go in the round one is what, minus – or no tight end in round one is minus 1,000. So then you look, is he going to go 33 to 44 – the only team that you could consider needing a tight end is the Bears, but I don't. They just invested heavily in Graham and Trey Burton. I don't think they're going Cole Komet, and then the Colts, who lost Eric Ebron, but the whole Colts strategy this offseason is all in on the season with Philip Rivers and uh, DeForest Buckner trading their 13th overall pick. So that doesn't add up with their logic. So I think he's safe to fall uh, in the draft. I, I like that one. Um, Another one that I, I like, if you can find it, I don't think T. Higgins goes in the first round. And uh, Chasen, the, the edge defender from LSU, he's considered the second edge. It's basically like consensus. You know, I think that with Henderson moving up the board, it helps him. But also, if you look at the last five classes, the average second edge rusher um, is ADP of 6.8. Pass rushers tend not to fall. So I think he's kind of in a tier of his own, and he's going to go one of those guys that's going to go higher than expected. Yeah, over on Cole Komet, 44.5 is one that has been popular on this podcast in some of the uh, the uh, people that I talked to in the previous episodes. I think his um, expected draft position, uh, according to expert mocks, aggregated expert mocks, is towards um, the end of the second round. I think it was 58 as of yesterday. So there's definitely some good value there. And I Can think I it's not even. Yeah, absolutely. Keep more? going. Derek Brown over eight and a half. Now that one's not popular, right? Because the film guys love him. I mean, Tess is like a one percentile athlete, but I get told that I'm a jerk when I bring that up. Um, if you look at his player props in terms of he's one guy on DraftKings, you can actually bet where he goes. He's plus 260 to go to the Panthers. Then he's plus 400 to go to the Jaguars who go, who pick nine. Right. And then any, every other team, he's over seven to one. So if you actually want Derek Brown under eight and a half, you probably should just bet on him to go to the Panthers. Otherwise, the, all the team likelihoods say that he's going to go above. Now, I was told the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are seven to one. So even then, you should probably put, you know, if you want to put one unit on this, put half a unit on the Panthers and put a quarter unit on the Cardinals. And that's how you'd win your, your under bet because he's not going to the Giants. It's very unlikely to go to Chargers or Dolphins, right? So I just think that's the way you do it. People aren't probably going to ta- uh, trade up to take a defensive tackle. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to see to it that you have a solid shot at profit. And from looking at Elliott's list of profits here, I could say that he is very good at 
you know, finding some arbitrage and hedging here and there to make sure that certain bets, um, you know, get him profit, even if it's just a little bit of a return. He does have some hedges here and he posted his whole sheet on, on Twitter and has written them up at four for four. And I know a lot of listeners of this podcast um, are subscribers to four for four. Cause that's kind of how they're they found actually free over there too. So everything oh, is perfect. perfectly free for, for anyone to read right now. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that. So head on over to four for four.com. You could check out Elliot has almost 40 props written up. I know there are some other people over there, Connor Allen, Ryan Noonan that are also um, writing up some of their favorites as well. And what we're going to do now, Elliot, is we are going to transition into, um, you know, I'm just going to ask you specific questions, right? So those, the ones that you gave us were, were kind of the ones that were your favorite, that if you had to um, only bet a few, those would be the ones that you would take. Obviously, that's not the case where you're, you're uh, into the, the dozens and dozens. But if you had to highlight one that is your favorite long shot, meaning you're going to see probably like a, a five or seven to one return which would be uh your favorite prop at the moment at the moment i'm gonna go big i'm gonna say josh jones to the jets at 100 to one wow at 11 that's i think there's a really good chance they trade down if you look at the way the draft sets up and the number of needs they have if they trade down to the broncos or eagles which are the two teams rumored to try to trade up right now for a receiver to jump the raiders and 49ers then you're looking at the 15 and 20 range with the top four tackles off the board and the Jets' biggest need at offensive tackle. And if they take – so, like, it's a, a situation where you look, that's the range where teams start really trading. They get really aggressive. The Jets have a big need at tackle. And Josh Jones, a lot of people's fifth tackle off the board if they trade down. I think that's a, a, a chance. I think it should be closer to 30 to 1 than 100 to 1. That I mean, if that ends up coming through for the listeners, we, we're going to have to open up a tip jar for Elliot. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to get a Venmo because that is a massive one. I'm going to definitely take a look at that after. What is that on DraftKings or FanDuel? Where did you see that? Uh, that's, on, that's on DraftKings right now. And okay. it, you have to go to team's first pick for Jets. So trying to find some of these bets can be a nightmare. If you want uh, like a slightly sl- smaller one, I mean, I got CJ Henderson, which is now gone. But I think C.D. Lamb to the Broncos at 10-1 to 1 is, is intriguing because I think they're going to get aggressive trying to match up um, Sutton and Fant with a, a second receiver and just kind of go all in on Drew. All right, and that will do it for the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. Thank you, Elliot Christ, for joining us and sharing with us your favorite prop. That's one piece of information that I have to uh, share with the listeners. I did hear as I was chopping this podcast up, as I was editing it, I heard Daniel Jeremiah say that he has a source that says Cole Komet may go in the first round. And what I think that enables us to do is, you know, still bet our, our Cole Komet over because a lot of times there's there's smoke there and, you know, there's a lot of noise and not much signal. So I think Cole Komet over 44.5 is still a solid bet. However, at most books, uh, you know, taking a tight end to go in the first round, usually it's over 0.5 tight ends drafted in the first round, is a very, very plus money bet. Um, Currently, I'm looking at betonline.ag, and over 0.5 tight ends drafted is plus 7.25. So there's a really good opportunity to hedge there. 
let's say you wanted to bet $200 on Cole Komet over 44.5 and maybe $20 or $40 on over 0.5 tight ends drafted, you're going to make a profit there as long as Cole Komet isn't drafted between 33 and 44. So there's an 11 pick range there where you lose money. All right, that'll do it for the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. We have more rolling on next week uh, with our NFL draft prop bet coverage. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Oh, oh, oh. All I see is signs. All I see is dollar signs.